This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to Bay Area Ventures on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. Here again, Doug Collum and Irene Yen. Welcome back to Sirius XM's Bay Area Ventures, live from the campus of Wharton, San Francisco. I'm your host, Irina Yen, along with my co-host, Doug Collum. Uh, and if you're just now joining us, uh, we started the first half learning about the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center, and we're going to shift gears and focus on an entrepreneur in a different realm, and it'll be really interesting to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, for people who have followed our program over the last three and a half or more years, mm-hmm. um, you can see we are kind of shifting around the, the content of the program. It used to be pretty much consistently focused on venture-backed, CEOs of tech companies, and now we're 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 ranging abroad, if you will. We had uh, Nicola was is the head of a, an entrepreneurial, very unique nonprofit that's an entrepreneurial center here in San Francisco, and Andrew's going to tell us about something that we've never talked about before, which we'll we'll get to in just I a think second. That'll be really interesting. So, if, if for those of us, for those of you who are just now tuning in, I mean, this is the program is about entrepreneurship. We do typically talk to founders or CEOs or VCs or professional investors and, and also thought leaders in, in the, the Bay Area. Area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the predominant focus of companies, organizations, and activities here in the Bay Area. And it's, you know, it's, it's fertile ground. There's a lot of stuff going on in the nine counties that, com- that comprise the San Francisco Bay Area. So we have a lot of ground to work with. Yeah, and they're really powerful stories. Yeah. Um, including the one today. Uh, we're no. joined in this hour. We're joined now by Andrew Cates, the co-founder of the Wine Raising Company. And Andrew went from you know, working at a hedge fund company in New York City to owning a vineyard in Napa and now has founded, co-founded the Wine Raising Company, which we'll learn more about. Uh, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here as a guest. And I've been looking forward to this. So. Oh, yeah. that's great. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll check it. in again with him at the end of the program and <laughs> yeah. see if he still feels that way. <laughs> well, our listeners love to hear, you know, the story of an entrepreneur. You know, yours included is really, really interesting. I'm wondering if you could share with us your story, uh, your journey um, as an entrepreneur and what led you to co-found the Wine Raising Company. Absolutely. Um, so I'm originally from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up playing sports and was fortunate enough to get a uh, full-ride scholarship playing football for Rice University. Well, congratulations. That's hard to do. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, an, that's an honor. We can stop right there and right. talk about that. So tell that. us about that. <laughs> Forget about the wine raisin. Yeah, that, 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 that was almost more challenging than wine raisin. Right. So. Um, but I, uh, while at Rice, I triple majored in economics, business management, and political science. Well, um, wow. that covers a lot of ground. Yeah, that that's another story, right? Yeah, triple major. Keep going. Excellent. Yeah, and and then pursued a career in finance mm-hmm. and um, started with B of A in 2005 mm. on the uh, trading structure credit, collateralized oh. debt obligations. Yeah, we've so heard of that. That <laughs> that crescendoed into. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. That was a difficult experience. Um, and then um, that was in Charlotte and then New York and then um, moved out to San Francisco to work for a hedge fund and continued trading uh, credit, both structured. What year was that when you moved out to the Bay Area? In 2010. Okay. Got it. Wow. Yeah. So you've seen a few winners, if as, as they say, in that time frame from 20, 2005 to 2010. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that, w- that was tough time. Very. So the Bay Area being what, San Francisco? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, in terms of becoming an entrepreneur, 
um, it really kind of stems um, from my upbringing. I was very fortunate to have very um, entrepreneurial parents. I mean, my father uh, and founder of this company, the Wine Raisin Company, um, is a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, he's created a handful of medical device companies and sold them, as well as uh, developed a uh, tech company um, that ultimately uh, spun off into WebMD, as oh, you may have right? heard. Wow, yeah. Um, so healthcare orientation. Correct. Yeah. And, and um, he's also an uh, internationally renowned cardiologist, retired, mm-hmm. practiced for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, as an interventional, in, interventional cardiologist out wow. of Emory. Wow, I bet he had a lot of free time on his hands while right. he was practicing well, was medicine. <laughs> right yeah. to, wow, really? To co-found with you, yeah. the wine raising company. So, yeah. so this is ba- all this has been baked into your DNA. That's right. So w- I can honestly say it's in my blood a bit. Yep. Mm. Um, I was very fortunate, again, to, I mean, just to learn, watch, listen, uh, be a fly on the wall, um, watching the success and setbacks associated with starting a small business. Um, and more importantly, having my, both my mom and my dad instill the values that are so paramount, right, that really kind of trend towards making entrepreneurs successful right. and getting that from a, from a young age. So it's allowed uh, – it's been a great growth process. It's been, you've always been surrounded by that. Absolutely. So here you are, you know, now back in the Bay Area, sin- still in the financial service or well, finance industry – uh, pretty pure, pretty intense. In a, in 2010, which there's a lot going on in the back end of what happened in 20, the Great Recession, yeah. Right. Um, so, what led you the wine to to start with um, vineyards and the wine raisin company? Well, so my family they've um, they've been in the wine business for a little over a decade, making mm-hmm. wine out in Napa, mm-hmm. and um, you know we worked together and, and created a uh, we bought a place up on Mount Veter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know where that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, for those who don't know about Mount Veter, what uh, what area is that? Just so that's the that's the Mount Veter AVA. Mm-hmm. It's uh, right above Oakville. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the Mayakama Mountain Range that mm-hmm. kind of separates Napa Valley and Sonoma Valley. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, my dad, being a cardiologist, he is always, you know, known that wine is good for you. You know, the the Framingham study has been out there for decades, and that really is the whole concept around the French paradox. Mm. You know, why is wine good for you, right? Uh, it, it really, this, this study, if you look back, it, it really kind of took a lot of different um, subsets all over the, the U.S., but most importantly, the French paradox, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the paradox yes. being, for, for folks who drink so much wine, how come they're so healthy? Right. Drink <laughs> uh, uh, high-fat diets, um, oh, cigarettes, yeah. smoke, okay, et cetera. Yeah. Yet their life expectancy was significantly longer than those people in the U.S. that didn't do that. So there's been real science behind wine grapes and their effects and their antioxidant-rich components uh, for decades. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that really comes from the skins and the seeds of the the wine grape. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're really excited about the wine raising company and what we're doing here. Yeah. So you're looking at this. So your, your dad's a cardiologist. He knows he's one of those physicians that say, yeah. Well, a glass of wine a day, you're going to be fine. And not only fine, you might, your life expectancy might even uh, be extended. And, and they've had a vineyard, so it's kind of like putting those two together. How did you decide um, to use, because there are raisins in the market, you know, which we, how, what gave you the idea to look at a wine raisin specifically and say, you know, this is something different? Well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, 3 to 5% of the fruit of every vineyard, depending on picking practices and whatnot, uh, is left behind. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's because it's too naturally dehydrated past the point at which it's suitable for winemaking purposes. Mm. So my father was walking through the vineyard and was eating these. and uh, He was eating them? He was eating okay. them. And he was doing a lot of thinking. Um, and then over the course of the next three to five years, uh, really developed the complex science, the back end in terms of how do you take all the benefits of wine and produce something that doesn't have alcohol but actually super concentrates the same benefit that you'd get mm. from wine. Yeah. That's a great idea. So, I mean, so, so jump forward. So 2010, um, at some point in that process since then, you and your father together as co-founders formed this company. Um, as I understand it, there was, I mean, I know there are some fires up in uh, Calistoga in that area. Were you guys impacted by that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, it's been a tough year. Um, Unfortunately, Sagasia Vineyard. Um, uh, Is that the name of the vineyard? That's the name Sig- of the vineyard. Yeah. Uh, Sagasia uh, produces very high end Cabernet. Um, so, d- I mean, just to ask a technical question, d- d- um, does Sagasia vinify the grapes or does it just sell the grapes to other winemakers who make the, who make the wine? So, it's actually we, uh, we sell the grapes yeah. to a winery and we license the name. So oh, really? Okay. So, so Sagasi is a label. Sagasi is a label. And that is a byproduct. I'm just kind of putting words in your mouth here, so you should stop me. But the byproduct of that operation was um, using the genesis this, of this company. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so to, to kind of fast forward um, back to the, the fires. Yeah. Um, 2017. 2017. Um, everything burnt down. Um, we had one structure that remained. Um, oh my gosh! In terms yeah. of uh, you know the libraries of wine and wow. uh, you know lost the entire crop. Mm. How many acres did what were were there were that were impacted? Uh, so all four and a half acres of, of planted vine gone. F- yeah, fifteen acres total. So in the meantime, you've got this startup company that you and your dad have brought along. So walk us through that. There's so, a lot of dried grapes now. Right? <laughs> There's a well to your point. Hear the story. It's not. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll just yeah. So, over the course, I guess since we initially started, we um, we created a way and patented a process to taking a premium wine grape, and instead of crushing it, right, and extracting the tannins from the skins and seeds, and then fermenting the juice to create wine, mm-hmm. we put it through this this special process where we actually sweat out the water, and use the natural sugars inside the fruit to caramelize and toast the seed. That's to create a new seeded wine raisin that has 20% of your daily fiber, no sugar added, no chemicals, no preservatives, no sulfur, but has the antioxidant equivalent of over 10 glasses of wine. Wow. Without the alcohol, because again, it has not been fermented. So let me, can I ask kind of of a a foundational question? Sure. Because I don't know anything about this, but if I go to Safeway, I can buy these little boxes of raisins. And as I understand it, which is th- this is my complete understanding in 12 seconds, uh, it's th- basically they're called table grapes. And I think if you just stick them out in the sun, they shrivel up and they become raisins. So what's the difference between a table grape in that context and this premium grape that, that wine raisin your company is focused on? I mean, help me to understand why does, is one superior to the other? We believe so. Um Typical raisins um, come from Thompson seedless grapes. Yeah, right, there's, right. there you go. Right. Yeah, and, and, and the name, that grape doesn't have a seed. 
the seed's been oh, bred yeah. out of it. It's genetically right. modified out. That that fruit ah. cannot can no longer re- reproduce. So wine raisins have thick skins, big seeds, and thus have more tannins, mm-hmm. right? And so it's really a when you create a raisin out of a seeded wine grape, it's really a raisin as nature intended, mm-hmm. right? And by keeping that fruit in its in its original food matrix, keeping it as a whole food, not disrupting it, mm-hmm. right? You're able to create more bioavailability to the body. Your body's able to recognize, hey, this is a whole food. I know how to process this, mm. and I can maximize the utility uh, and the health, the nutrition from this food. So it's the seed that gives the raisin that crunch, which is different from uh, what we, a regular raisin or the raisin that we've been, <laughs> a conventional raisin, I guess, if a- you will. Excellent, absolutely. The secret's in the seed. The secret's in the seed. Grapeseed oil, grapeseed mm. extract, oh, right. grapeseed flour. Right. These are all very rich, antioxidant-rich foods that are expensive, and people... Um, People know the health benefits associated with these. Right. Crunchy. 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 So yeah. how's it been received if, if people are I'm just curious what kind of feedback you've heard when people try it for the first time because we've been conditioned, all we know are the Thompson seedless grapes. Well, and this is new. And they try it for the first time. Like, <coughs> are they thinking like, wow, that's cool, it's crunchy? Or like, oh, my God, it's crunchy. You know, we, they left the stem <laughs> in it by accident. You know, how is it? Well, I mean, and it's powerful nutrition. That there's no doubt about it. I'd love to walk through the tasting here. Okay. So, the, the the best way to explain this to somebody in a very concise way mm-hmm. is that this is a seeded wine raisin. Mm-hmm. Right? We had to actually come up with a word to help, help further explain it. Mm-hmm. A fruiton. A fruiton. <laughs> That's a great idea. It gives you the natural sweetness of a cranberry yeah. or a dried fruiton. fruit, mm-hmm. right? And it gives you that nutty crutch of, um, of, of a pine nut or a sunflower seed, right? Mm-hmm. These are both um, sort of uh, staples for salads, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And other Forget ingredients, it, yeah. right? That's right. A fruiton. And, and how is the choice? We, I know a wine grape is, you know, Chardonnay we've heard of or a Chardonnaysin in this case or a Cabernet grape or the Cabernaysin. How did you choose those grapes, or are they the grapes that were grown in the vineyard already, or is there um, like special qualities or benefits about these grapes specifically that you chose to lead with these two grapes? Absolutely. So why don't we actually, this will be a great avenue, why don't we, why don't we open up the dark chocolate f- covered first? Okay. So we're going to do it, we're actually going to do a, a, a real-time a tasting. Product, a product tasting here on the program. So these are dark chocolate covered okay. cabernets, and Andrew is pouring out some some crunchies on okay, here here you, on them. Cheers! And uh, <laughs> this better be good. Yeah. Oh, they're crunchy. They're crunchy. Like and they're good. They're really good. Okay. Wow, this can't be healthy. We'll this sneak these into the movie theaters because who wants a raisinette compared to if you can get these? If this you can have is a cabernet. Just that. saying, they're yeah. really good. This <laughs> is way too good to be healthy. Right. Oh, so okay. yeah, we're gonna ask about this. <laughs> it gets can better. it be true? So. Um, are yes, they gluten-free? Gluten-free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Man, these are really good. Mm-hmm. You keep talking, Andrew. I'm going to keep Well, why don't we try one of the raw Cabernetsons? Right. So we were just trying the dark chocolate-covered yeah. Cabernetson. So it was dark chocolate over a Cabernet raisin which the se- with the seed inside. So he started us off with the chocolate-covered. That's right. Well, it's kind of like the sugar-coated So do we have to pill. rinse our palate in a, in a spittoon? Or is that what it's going to No, no. We can, we can go right into <laughs> it. Okay. And um, so this is a uh, raw Cabernet. And the reason I started with the chocolate is because now you know that crunch. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're expecting that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you taste a raw Cabernet, and mm-hmm. again, we're tied for the cleanest label on earth. We're tied with an ice cube and a banana with one ingredient. Oh, wow. Just the wine grape. 
So you're gonna get you're gonna get hints of blackberry uh, current. So are you picking the crunch up on the volume yeah. feed here? I, I it's, am. It's really good. Yeah. So the, the yeah, it's um crunchy. It's sweet. It's very um a dense flavor. Like um, it's yummy. I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, it really I is. I can't speak to the bouquet of the raisin, but it's it's, right. it's, it's really yummy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And so now we'll move along to the Chardonnayson. So we've got three or four packets of mm-hmm. products here. This is not an infomercial, but I have to tell you. Um, it's really good. It's the first product tasting. I think we're going to do this for other other food products that we bring Not in the that program. right. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. You should make it mandatory. <laughs> yeah. Or we'll offer them as snacks to our guests, you know, as they're waiting. So now we're, now we're looking at, um, this one is called what? The Chardonnayson. We call this uh, nature's gummy bear. So we have the Cabernetson, and now we're doing the Chardonnayson. That's right. Okay, mm-hmm. and Azen is? A-Z-Y-N, a, um, a, uh, a play on the raisin. Yeah, right. got it. okay. And, and I can tell you about that before we taste this. Uh, the, the, the whole concept, the wine raisin company. So this actually stems from um, uh, a wise man once said that wine is sunlight held together with water. Oh. Galileo, Galileo. Well, that's yeah, great. That's so the rays of the sun and then the Zen experience of uh, the nutrition and the health as you're eating this. So the, the Chardonnayson, mm-hmm. um, that's nature's gummy bear. You'll Who's taste that? a little bit. here? Of apricot. No, I, I, I'm hoarding them yeah, away from Yeah, he's hoarding the r- Chardonnaysons. She, she's got to move faster <laughs> if do. she wants to participate. <laughs> You'll taste a little apricot creme brulee. So, so oh. for people who are just joining us, we are having a unique um, product tasting here. We, our guest is Andrew Cates, mm-hmm. who's the co-founder of the Wine Raisin Company, where they're using premium wine grapes and um, drying them out, and they're becoming kind of nature's nutritional package without any sort of um, additives. Candy. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. And I have to say, we're going to change our, our whole program Those format. delicious. And they're different. They, so we just tried yeah. the Chardonnayson. Yeah. And you were mentioning, <laughs> Andrew, that it has um, hints of um, notes of, I guess, apricot. Apricot, um, uh-huh. little honey, creme brulee. Uh, and, w- and what's so unique about this product or, you know, these, these new fruits is the fact that, you know, a lot of the tasting notes that travel with wine mm-hmm. and get explained, you know, on the back of the label. That's amazing, right. It, well, you they can come see they forward actually, here. They com- yeah. it, it comes from the grape itself. Yeah, right? interesting. And you were talking about the, um, so th- these, the, they really are delicious. And you do, I do actually like the crunch. Even yeah. though I haven't been used to them before, I've never tried or raisin with a crunch. It's it tastes really good, and then in my mind, knowing that it's offering more nutritional value. Yeah, it looks like a raisin. Yeah, it, looks, yeah, it looks like a raisin. It absolutely does. So enough on the product tasting. I want to come back to you because, um, you know, most of the entrepreneurs we talk to in the program talk about pivots and hardships and challenges and low points and so forth and, and you know, speed bumps in general. So you hit a serious speed bump. You had comp- The company was launched. And then, you know, four and a half acres of vineyard were destroyed by this fire last year. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about how you how you managed forward in the face of having, I mean, basically. Starting from scratch. Yeah, the foundation really of your business is now gone. So how what, what happened? How did you guys manage forward? To clarify, we, we the fruit from my vineyard, yep. um, uh, th- we actually, we source throughout all of California, mm-hmm. as well as the... Uh, the sub- it's not just Sagasia. That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That that goes into wine. Um, but in t- so we, we were very fortunate that, 
you know, that really didn't impede um, sort of production um, for the wine raising company. Um, you know, we actually on you know on the back of the fire, um, all the fruit, the 2017 fruit that was going to go into Scassia Vineyard wine, um, was no longer usable. Mm. It w- it experienced what's called uh, smoke taint. Oh yeah. Right. And uh, that's for, you know, when fruit is about to get harvested and has prolonged experience to, to smoke. And, and the winemaker's uh, concerns are that the aromatics um, of the wine down the road could be affected negatively. And unfortunately, these fires happen right around harvest time. Yeah. So couldn't happen. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, um, we, that was devastating. And uh, we basically connected as a team. And uh, we being your your father, my father and I and your mother, is she involved in this? She's she is. She's uh, she's a great sports structure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but from the day to day operations, uh, not so much. Yeah. Um, but we reached out to an organization on the uh, on the East Coast called the Food Recovery Network. Mm-hmm. And um, they have 240 college ca- college campus chapters throughout the U.S. And there's what they specialize in, what their focus is uh, reducing food waste on campus as well as mm. bring awareness around that. So what's so great about these guys is they actually go out and will take food uh, left over from the dining halls and deliver it to people directly. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's something I feel very strongly about. And as a company, we wanted to align ourselves with. So uh, we created a partnership called the Rescue Raisin Project. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's a great name. Yeah. yeah. Where we were able to... Um, in the wake of the fires um, for the fruit that was still left on vine, um, we were able to put workers back to work, wow. um, hand harvest all the fruit, and we created rescue raisins. Wow. Uh, we enrobed, them in, en- enrobed uh, them in dark chocolate, and we have those for sale on our website, raisin.com. That's a great com. idea. And that protected from the smoke. Um, I forgot the terminology that you used. Smoke taint. Smoke well, taint, the, yeah. the, the smoke taint only will affect wine potentially there's oh, nothing nothing physically wrong there's oh, nothing with the fruit it's still perfectly good fruit and it won't affect the taste of the raisin that's at all. correct you you can in the chocolate one you can taste maybe a little bit of, uh, of smokiness right. in uh in rescue raisins right. but uh, we see that as a benefit yeah um <laughs> and uh what's great about this is is we were able to part through this partnership um we were able to uh donate proceeds from the sale of these rescue raisins um back to the napa valley disaster relief fund as well as the Food Recovery Network, mm-hmm. um, which is something that it, it's just it's going gangbusters. That's amazing, which is really interesting that you mentioned that, Andrew, about food waste, because that in a, in general, the generation of food makers, we're, we're seeing that on the farm because their waste is, you know, at 20 percent, you mentioned on the vine is at 5 percent, which is significant amount of, of um, I guess, food or produce that's being wasted. So that you partnered with the Food Recovery Network because that's a passion of yours. And in addition, the proceeds could help your community is a pretty powerful story. And to be able to do that in the wake of, of such a tragedy is amazing. Right. Um, putting uh, workers back to work, et cetera. <clears throat> so you were saying it's going gangbusters. Can you talk about that? We read about the Rescue Raisin RV, that tour bus. Can oh, you yeah. talk a little about oh, that? Yeah. So um, in October... I started living in hotels, um, and uh, living in a hotel is cool for about a week. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> where, where, where's <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so over Christmas, um, I was back visiting my, my family in Atlanta and uh, kind of had this crazy idea. Well, you know what? Why don't we take the show on the road? And so uh, 
purchased a 31-foot RV and a smart car uh, to pull behind it and uh, wrapped both the smart car and the RV in wine raisin billboards um, and basically named it the Raisin Rig and have been traveling around um, throughout the U.S. on tour uh, supporting retailers um, um, and uh, basically being uh, an ambassador for the brand introducing this new superfood fruit as a new healthy fruiton. How did that go? It's going well. It's still in process. Oh, uh, do you have somebody out there driving the RV around the country? Well, the, the RV is, is currently docked because um, <laughs> I, f- I flew out here to, uh, to come see you guys. Oh, yeah. oh really? But, uh, yeah, it's, it's on the East Coast, and I'm going to be heading towards the West Coast here in the next month <laughs> or so, uh, traveling through Texas, then Arizona, Southern California, Northern California. Wow. What cities have you been to so far, and how has the reception been when you say gangbusters? Is, is it in terms of <clears throat> people consumers can buy and also potential partners? Sorry. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing to see how many people will just walk up to somebody in an RV and ask for samples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so that, that's, that's, that's one of the uh, – I mean, I'm most at home uh, when I'm uh, talking to a new person about this. And letting them know the nutrition and the mm-hmm. benefits and what have you, and that just so it, it's been it's been an incredible growth process for me per- personally. Mm-hmm. Um, having kind of everything taken away and um, you know stuff is stuff. Um, then you know the faster you can turn lemons into lemonade, the better yeah. it's going to be for the, for your own mental health as well as as well as the business. So you're maybe trying. this is a, a nice segue to ask just quickly before we go to break. G- give us a snapshot of the company. How many? Do you, do you you have an office? Do you have a location? Do you have employees? Um, I mean, what's I mean? Do you have a do you have revenue? Do you have uh, you know consumer customers or institutions as customers? I mean, how g- give us a sense for what the status of the business is? Sure. So we've been um, we're in traditional grocery, probably in three thousand grocery stores nationwide. Um, so you have shelf space shelf space dedicated to your product. Correct. Correct. Under the wine raisin label. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Correct. Um, we've also partnered with airlines. We've been on an, uh, oh yeah uh, United Airlines first class for about a year. I was like, that's why we haven't. I haven't seen that. I was like, oh, re- yeah, oh that, that's oh, why. Yes. I haven't. That's okay. why you that's haven't why, seen right. it. Already. Then you got to fly first class. <laughs> I got to get yeah. upgraded. Go ahead. Airport convenience, um, corporate food service accounts mm-hmm. as a snack, right? Mm-hmm. Because. Uh, this is perfect on top of granola or yogurt in the morning. Eats the hell out of Cheetos for sure. Absolutely, yeah. um, and hospitality, hotels, gift baskets. So you don't sell to well, except I mean, you basically do business as a business to business type thing, where you're going to major distribution points like stores and airlines and so forth. You're not you're not selling directly to consumers except through grocery chains things like that we use we utilize distributors yeah um for grocery mm-hmm. um and then for kind of the ancillary non-grocery channels uh we deal direct um and then we also have a a, a bulk business that we're very excited about as well as international export wow that's exciting um, what, what's the bulk thing what is that well we are we now have the ability and we've been Successfully uh, producing 25-pound bulk boxes. Wow! Um, and partnering with Trailmix companies. Oh, that's um, a with what companies? With Trailmix tra- trail company. companies. Oh, really? So yeah. they use that oh. as an ingredient. Yeah, absolutely, our cheese trays or to mm. restaurants. We partnered with Levi's Stadium last year. For How many employees oh, okay. do you have? 
Um, we we have we have a small team. We have a small team, um, but we've. Uh, we have a, a sales guy on the West Coast, East Coast, who manage our broker network. Um, we also have in-house operations, logistics, um, as well as our um, kind of fulfillment partners that we have on both coasts as well. i, I got to ask, who does your marketing? I mean, you've got these great... The, pun, the names. We'll talk about the branding after labels. the break. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like... Who does your marketing? It's it's. I'm very fortunate to say that it's all in house. Oh, are we wow. looking at him right? We're talking to him. <laughs> We're it's talking all to him right now. Um, we we have a great uh, creative on board, um, who's an investor in the company, mm. and has been here from day one. Um, my sister-in-law was also uh, very involved with the packaging yeah. and the creation of the brand and mm. getting our story out there. So we, I mean, we really we're very fortunate to have a dream team. That's amazing. Well, um, we have to take a short break, and we'll, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about that. Um, I'm Irina Yen, along with Doug Collum, and our guest this hour is Andrew Cates, the co-founder of the Wine Raising Company. Um, so come back. Stay with us. You're listening to Bay Area Ventures on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 111. Welcome back to Bay Area Ventures on Sirius XM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Irina Yen, along with Doug Collum. And our guest this hour is Andrew Cates, the co-founder of the Wine Raisin Company. Uh, when we left off, we we're just talking about the raisins. and we weren't the, talking. Oh, we're, we're eating, eating and right. it's delicious. <laughs> they truly are. They're really um, delicious. And it's, it's also comforting to know, or not comforting, it's, it's cool to know that they also have amazing nutritional value uh, as well. And it's a very unique kind of... Um, of product. I mean, we're looking, Andrew was sharing with us during the break um, an example of, you know, how a Cabernet, for example, a Cabernet raisin stacks up against, you know, other common health foods. So, for example, in terms of um, uh, antioxidant or nutritional value, um, it's 93.31% the Cabernet and wine grape seed has in nutritional value or benefit versus you know, 0.1% of a raisin. So I'm eating all sugar, I guess, when I eat a normal raisin, whereas in this case, I'm, you know, I, it's 93.3% of nutritional value. Is that what I'm, is I'm reading this right? Yeah, so so that's actually a bar graph from the um, USDA database of foods measuring flavonoids. Mm -hmm. And the specific flavonoid that is measured there is epicatechins. What's a flavonoid, by the way? It's, for our, yeah. it's, a, it's an antioxidant. It's a good thing. It's another fancy it's word a, for an antioxidant. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a science guy. I'm a finance. Okay. My, my, my dad could um, but uh, but what that's measuring is a serving right and and you know taking that graph and just kind of boiling mm -hmm. it down um, 1.6 ounces of Cabernet uh, Sauvignon wine grapes um, when you when you dehydrate them um, that's the amount of fruit that goes in to create a glass of wine Wow. okay if you and that's also a serving right yeah. Yeah. we also yeah. have an 8 ounce bag which is the amount of fruit that goes in to create a bottle of wine right. um but what's great is is by eating a 1.6 ounce bag of Cabernets, you get the antioxidant equivalent of over 100 pomegranates, wow. 15 pounds of almonds, or two pounds of blackberries. Oh my gosh! I mean, I have to tell we you, we fly. I, I mean, I, I, I feel healthier and younger just by eating. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. I'm actually 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I just eat raisins. Oh my gosh! So, what about for the product line, real quick? So, we were remarking. We started to talk about the branding. Is amazing. You know, it's really creative um, branding. So, raisin. It's a play on the word raisin. Merlaisin. You know, the raisin. R a y z y n. For those of you who want to look for it, or cabernet and merlaisin. 
Um, how did you come up with that? And what we tried today, for example, were the raisins themselves, Merlot raisin, you know, Cabernet raisin or Cabernaisin, Merlaisin, and the um, Chardonnayzin. Um, if you could talk about, you know, how are you thinking about product extension? So I guess starting with the branding and then your thoughts about how you're, you want to expand the product line. Right. Well, we, we, we really had to get creative as a team. Um, my father actually came up with the actual names mm -hmm. um, and uh, developed the IP around it, mm -hmm. including the process and, and, uh, and what have you. Um, but we had to come up with a new fruit because this is a new fruit. So what do you call it? Right. You got to call it a Cabernetzen, a Merlaisen, or Chardonnayzen. Right. It's obvious. It's <laughs> obvious, without question. Um, and kind of where do we see this going? Um, well, it, while it's a great snack, right? Each one of these little bags we're eating sixty calories, right? right. Um, but it's arguably a better ingredient, right? And okay. so the applications in terms of um, being available for other food service, um, for bars, for cereals, oh, that's for cool. for salad toppers, like salad B2B bars, type of thing, right? Absolutely, oh, okay. as a branded new fruit um, that provides the nutrition and the and the sweetness and the taste profile that, that a lot of chefs and other food companies are looking for. That's yeah. a great idea. Um, how about for kids, just real quick, because I, I, I know we're talking about the, the, the break. I mean, as a parent, I would, I'm, it, does, I don't, it doesn't bother me that says Cabernet or Chardonnay. I think it's kind of cool and something learn, you learn about, you know, wine grapes. On the flip side, some may think, you know, I'm giving him a wine grape. It's really a raisin, but you know, I'm really giving my child wine. Are, is have you thought about that? Because raisins are very common snacks for for kids. Absolutely, and um, and these are yummier because they have crunched and some have chocolate and they're gluten free and you know lower in calorie sugar, all that kind of stuff. Right, and we actually we just were um, this Thursday we're launching in uh, Ukiah Costco, mm -hmm. um, and so we had to create a bag that really sorts of. Uh, it, it, you know, calls out no alcohol, mm. right? And that's something that's on every single package, but right. but really stressing that and the applications mm. um, that there is no fermentation that's been occurred. It's just the actual uh, fruit. It's just the actual fruit itself. Mm. Now, where we see in the future, um, what we're moving towards is um, we're developing a uh, line for, for children just mm -hmm. called Raisins. Raisin, I was just thinking about just yeah. Raisin. R-A-Y-Z-Y-N-S. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And they're, they're crunchy, super food snacks. Yeah. Yeah. So um, okay. I wonder if I can shift gears. I mean, this is this is a line of questioning. Now we bring out the hard back. That's chair. one quick question. Oh yeah. Okay. So for folks who are listening, us crunch and chew and you know wax you know on about how delicious they are, where can we find them if they really are curious yeah. about trying them themselves? So you said you're distributed in a lot of. Um, you mentioned Costco, um, Whole Foods, and with um, the business to business type of thing. But as a a person who the mere mortal who doesn't fly first class, where can we find? Um, <laughs> where can we try these? Raisin.com, okay. R-A-Y-Z-Y-N.com. Okay. Um, on the East Coast, though, around the, the Pennsylvania area, Kings, Acme, uh, some shop rights, Total Wine throughout the U.S., mm -hmm. um, Cost Plus World Market. That's amazing distribution. Yeah, West Coast. The Safeway or? Uh, Gelson's. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Bristol Farms. Uh, we just partnered with Lucky Save Mart up in the North Bay. That's great. Um, and Whole Foods you mentioned also? Yep, Whole Foods and, and NorCal. Mm -hmm. um, and we're working on uh, some other, we've got some key, uh, I guess, category reviews coming up here shortly. So Cool. That's great. Yeah. That's Good amazing stuff. distribution. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So right, so this is this is where we bring, bring out the bright light and put you in a hardback chair and start <laughs> asking about fundraising. Um, you've raised a couple million bucks in what I, I would call seed funding. 
Um, which no is pun basic. intended, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the first question, I mean, let me just kind of go down this. So w- what categories do your investors fall in? Are they family and friends? Are they professional uh, venture-backed firms? Are they what, what, who, who funded, who funded yeah. the company? Right. Well, that's a great question. And um, so when we were kind of, my father and I were, were, were thinking about who to, who to, you know, who to go after and, yeah. and who needs to hear about this. From my dad's past experiences, it was all about raising money from strategics, people that can offer more than just strictly capital. I mean, capital for a good idea, uh, depending on the terms, it can, it can be done pretty easily, right? Um, but finding uh, true partners that can offer more than just cash um, that's very attractive. Like grocery stores or like airlines? I mean, are, are they the ones that you approached? So, I mean, so, so this, wasn't a, this wasn't a conventional seed financing where you walk up and down Sand Hill Road and with a hat and say, could you throw some money at me? No, no. This was, uh, you know, anything anything but. We partnered with a, 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 the world's largest producer of organic prunes um, to help us kind of develop the process and um, uh, troubleshoot. Um, and they threw some money in the hat. Uh, yes, they did. Yeah, it's all about aligning interests. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we have some uh, some vineyard managers um, that are very well respected and understand the process of growing fruit and growing good fruit and um, making purchasing decisions around fruit. Um, we also have uh, some finance guys that are really really smart money um, guys that that can help really think critically about next steps in terms of where you are from a financial standpoint and what you need in order to grow and maximize. So we're lucky to really have a kind of a well-rounded team. Um, So so it's fair to say that when you go out to a strategic investor, not only are you getting money, but in some instances you're getting services in kind. And then in other instances, they're they're providing like uh, advice on how to how to market how to how to uh, expand the business in this geography or in this sector is that the sort of role that you're expecting of the, your strategic investors? Absolutely, it was a requirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, um, you know, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That old adage. Um, so we wanted to really bring in a team. We had limited seats on the bus. We wanted to fill up those seats with the right people that can really help the company, help it grow, help it succeed. So is it a cast of hundreds of strategics or a cast of, you know, a dozen? I mean, I'm trying to get a sense for numbers. We've had seed seed finance companies where they go out and do crowdfunding. I know this is not a crowdfunding company, but, you know, you bring in lots of cats and dogs, lots of small investors, 50 to 100, and then you've got an interesting um, shareholder management problem on your hand. In this case, it sounds like you guys have raised from a smaller number of investors. That would be accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. A strategic investors, <coughs> it sounds like that, to your point, Andrew, or, you know, expertise in industry, um, in, the w- in the wine industry, including consumer packaged goods, it sounds like also. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you, so wine raisin is unique from our interview perspective. Most of the companies that come through, not all, but most go out and raise you know, funding through the traditional venture capital channels, and that's a pretty well-known channel. Their goals and aspirations and financial objectives are pretty clear. What is, what is your objective for your company 
<clears throat> in terms of long-term financial objectives? Are you swinging for fences and going for, you know, a major play in in on a global basis, or is it more local? I mean, how do you see the business going forward from a financial perspective? Well, from a financial perspective, we've been fortunate to be able to create sales and reinvest. Yeah. Create sales, right. reinvest, and that's important, right, with any business. Um, we've been very strategic in terms of the channels that we've attacked or um, kind of waded into mm-hmm. as well. Um, and we've just been very uh, focused and, um, I guess, with a with a with a tendency to be not a hundred and twenty percent aggressive, but make the right choice at the right time. That's that makes sense. Yeah. So it sounds like um, you're not looking to kind of. I mean, you're not tracking. I'm trying to. At the end of the day, when the dust settles and your your business is humming. I mean, is it a constant focus on growth, or at some point, do you and your 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 other team members see this business as basically becoming stable, well-known brand, having a principally domestic reach, but maybe some global reach as well? I mean, I'm trying to get a sense, or, Andrew, for kind of what category of company you would see this going forward right. as, or like that, or you know, like the new, like you're saying, you created a new food, like we saw in some of these, like um, like uh, smoothie bowls, like the acai fruit. It becomes kind of standard in the lexicon of health food. You know, yeah. is it when we initially created this business mm-hmm. um, from day one, it was a new superfood fruit. Mm-hmm. So we see this as a consumer package business, mm-hmm. right, with our brand, but we also see the opportunity uh, as an ingredient, mm-hmm. right, um, creating that new raisin, disrupting the raisin market, mm-hmm. um, giving people an, al- an alternative with dried fruit that really promotes the heart-healthy benefits that science has upheld. Mm-hmm. So the question I'm, I'm getting to more is, do you see this essentially going forward as a family a, a family-held business with some equity given out to your strategic investors as part of the, you know, for, for, for support in respective areas where you guys don't have that kind of internal capability? Or do you see this thing going forward with lots of employees, lots of investors, and, you know, you're going to swing for the fences and go for an IPO? Which of the two, you know, on the two ends of the continuum, where do you see wine raisin? That's a tough question. Um, we would be, we're excited about what the opportunity holds, and we think that there's real opportunity for uh, significant partnership with larger companies. Mm-hmm. Um, we think that uh, there's real value in having those conversations um, because, you know, my father and I had no experience in CPG coming into this, right? We just know that, you know, well, it's a whole new world. It's a it's a whole new world, and um, you know, we can uh, work hard and, and figure it out. Yeah, and you're doing a lot of you know boots on the ground customer development. You know, um, on the business side, the um, commercial side of business. You know, um, making this like a, uh, an ingredient for a new ingredient for some of the foods that use raisins traditionally or other fruits, dried fruits. 
Uh, and then also on the consumer side, like in the RV, you know, you're making lemonade out of lemons and you're getting a lot of real customer development, as you know, we say in the entrepreneurial like um, stack, if you will, you're getting real time information that's informing your product and your approach and the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious. I mean, so when you're out um, establishing strategic partnerships, is part, I mean, you're discussing like, you know, here's what we do. Here's where we see your role as a strategic investor in the company. At the end of the day, it's kind of a quid pro quo. They're, they're bringing something to you, which is money and expertise. Are you giving them equity is it, or is it more like an opportunity for a, an exclusive access to your product? I mean, is equity part of the, the uh, strategic partnership arrangements that you guys get into? Yeah. With our strategic round that we've, yeah, yeah. we've done, yes, it was it was equity a little based, bit of yeah, equity. Yeah. Bit yeah. equity. Just you know, plan to raise more with this current, like, you know, traditionally with a venture back company, but you have strategic investors like another round. But or as a revenue, you're saying you're already reinvesting, so maybe there's no need for outside capital, you know, even including strategics right now. How do you think about that going forward? Well, I think that there's always opportunity to talk to people, mm-hmm. and I think that that uh, you know, we've been fortunate. Um, given kind of our business model, but we're always open and eager to talk to people that want to talk to us. Yeah, right? that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, oh. So I'm curious, as you, as you go forward, you've got, do you, you plan on expanding your employee headcount? I mean, it's, if the business is, it sounds like it's doing going swimmingly. I mean, do you guys continue to grow or is it you know, still kind of an internal operation? It's an internal operation. We've been able to outsource, um, you know, um, various roles of the company, right? Um, We've leveraged, for instance, a a national team of brokers, right? People, boots on the ground that are actually out there selling the product and making sure it's merchandised correctly in store um, as well as, you know, getting new placements and what have you. Um, That's great. So for the entrepreneurs who are listening, because you've had quite a story and quite a journey, um, what do you, advice do you give to aspiring entrepreneurs? I know this is specific, but that can apply. It doesn't, you know, independent of what industry it is or product it is. I mean, we have a we have a wide range of mm-hmm. people who dial into the program, and some people are current current entrepreneurs, and they're looking for very sophisticated advice. And I suspect there are a lot of people out there who are thinking, "God, I would love to try a startup company, but mm-hmm. I don't, you know." How do I start? Yeah, yeah. Where, where do I start with this? I mean, you you need to start with you don't need to start with a, a vineyard and a fire. You basically have there are probably other basics associated with getting something like this started. Right. Well, I can say this much: that there's very little sexiness associated with being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is extremely hard. Um, it's it's a it's a learned skill. Um, Failure is inevitable, just not accepting it, right? I mean, there's been situations where I've gone to the same retailer four different times, um, and they've said no three of the four times. Um, so persistence is a big part persistence, of it. Persistence, persistence, persistence. Um, you know, the importance of, of having a mentor, somebody that, that knows what they're talking about, someone that you like, that you trust. Who is that yeah, for, for you? you yeah. Well, that would be my dad. Yeah. Um, where, where does he go? I mean, you guys are both thinking, hey, what what the hell, let's do a, a wine raising <laughs> startup? I mean, there must be, you, you know there are crunch points. There are stress points in, in starting any business. So you go to your father. Your father probably has somebody that he goes to. Do you well, know? He hasn't told me about it. He doesn't. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, 
but yes, me- mentorship and having somebody that you can really that knows the business, yeah. and that you trust their advice. Um, I'd also encourage. I mean, it's not it's not fun to talk about, but fail quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the faster you fail, the faster you can learn. The faster you can reload. So, what was a failure that you can think of that was uh, instructive in terms of your next steps? There's so many. <laughs> There's so many. Um, the company was formed when? Uh, we officially launched in January of 2016. Wow. So it's only been around for a couple years. Right. Wow. Wow, early days yet. Yeah, yeah and you, you immediately hit a speed bump in 2017. That was a, a major speed bump. Mm. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, did did the initial idea falter i mean was right out of the box you guys knew god we have we can do something really unique with uh the three per five percent of leftover grapes i mean did you tweak the business model as you launched oh absolutely we've we've pivoted more times than i can even remember um you know we quickly outgrew that kind of sold three to five percent of the fruit that's left on the vine and you know bought thousands of tons in the throughout California mm-hmm. of good grapes of good grapes wow. actually uh, in competition with wineries wow oh really oh yeah so now you're you've got a, a cost issue that's entered into the equation it's not stuff that people will pay you to take it off their hands right. absolutely absolutely what are some of your di- ideas for I know on the business side for the uh, raisin um, in recipes so on the one hand there's the bulk like you'd mentioned um, recipes that include dried fruit, whether it's granola bars or energy bars, or f- in catering and you know in salads or other kind of meals that incorporate that. Um, what are uh, what about home recipes? I guess they could do the same thing at home. And do you think about that? You know, in the back, you know, recipe ideas. Sometimes we see in packaging or that sort of thing to um, make that in the in the keep that in the mindset of a consumer. We actually have a raisin recipe book mm-hmm. uh, at com um, that, that shows some of the versatility and the applications from everything from a, a raisin pesto to um, a oh, recipe cool. with, with uh, cauliflower, roasted cauliflower, um, um, you know, fig bar sort of Cabernet uh, bars mm-hmm. and brittle. I mean, really kind of, you know, hitting the entire spectrum of different foods. So it sounds like it's a constant endeavor to expand the product roadmap. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not resting on your laurels. I mean, now that you guys have this clearly traction with some major airlines and grocery stores and, and so forth, you're, you're you're constantly looking for other ways to innovate and push this this idea out into other uh, other applications. Yeah. Yeah. What's like the most? Um, we have a few minutes, like about three or four minutes. What is the most interesting experience that you've learned um, in general, or maybe more specifically, because you're literally physically on the road right now in the RV? Uh, what's the most interesting experience um, so far on this tour, in general, and then what you've learned? <laughs> First of all, you had to learn how to drive an RV. An RV that, right? Yeah, that's, that by itself is no. <laughs> and that that's that's a whole different story. Right. That, you know, <laughs> that, sure. that was terrifying. Um, oh gosh, and how to work all the controls as well. Yeah. Gosh, who knew, right? Um, yeah, God forbid. Across the you, country, no God less. forbid that you have to back the thing up. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the you north only go forward. <laughs> only go the north, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's always look forward. Yeah. yeah, never, never put yourself in a position that you can back up. Um, but you know, the northeast is not made for RVs. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's for sure, right? Yeah, narrow. Yeah, and and finding a place to park an RV is challenging up there. So uh, it's funny. I actually lived at uh, Newark Airport 
for about a week. Wow. <laughs> and the long-term parking, oh, uh, because I couldn't find any place else to park it, and oh, would actually God. go into the, the airport. And oh, at the end of each day, you drive oh, into wow. long-term parking? No, I would just keep it in long-term oh. parking. And then take the shuttle in to use Wi-Fi and wow. and uh, you know get some get some food and stuff. But um, this it's, is this is the life of a typical. This uh, is an entrepreneur. For those of you hear listening, the, we hear right. this story all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not always pretty. It's not always pretty <laughs> running out of water at Newark Airport. Right. Oh, that's tough. But that's quite a. You've got grit, you know, and resilience for I sure. I mean, I've, I would have to say. I mean, we've got a minute left, but I was. You know, when as you're driving an RV around the country and you're interacting with the public, that's got to be instructive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, there's this thing about know your customer. Mm-hmm. And so you're out there, you're front line, right? I mean, is that how you see it, one of the one of the roles you play? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, getting, you know, explaining this new fruit to somebody and letting them taste it. Um, and then more importantly, how to use this, how to apply this into your everyday uh, life. Right. Absolutely. Um, that that's really rewarding and it really resonates um, and gives me you know, the power to keep going. I mean, it's amazing. And the lean startup approach discussion, this is you're doing customer development, you know, all the interviews in person, you're doing yeah. it on the road and it couldn't be more um, direct and spot on than this. It's a. Uh I'm sure your feedback goes directly into the kitchen in terms of this mm-hmm. This product sucks, but this is a good product. You should keep cooking that one up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, we're out of time. I'm just thanks for joining us. This has been a unique program. I don't Absolutely. think we've done it quite like this before. And congratulations on all of your success. And again, just to uh, repeat for our listeners who may have missed it, what's the best way for them to contact you or learn more about Wine Raisin? Uh, info at Raisin, um, R-A-Y-Z-Y-N, or um, that will go directly to me. If you want to send me an email, and Raisin.com. R-A-Y-Z-Y-N.com. Great. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. If you've got a question, you can you can email us at businessradio.com, businessradio at SiriusXM.com. Um, and thanks to Nicola Corzine and also to Andrew Capes, our guests this hour. Mm-hmm. I'm Doug Collum with Irina Yen. You've been listening to Bay Area Ventures on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, SiriusXM, Channel 111. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.